Welcome back to Desert Rain Community Radio Dispatches from the Verge. Uh, today, David Morrison and I sit down and discuss um, Epiphany. It's sort of a, a, an extension of our four-part series around Advent and Christmas. Uh, this uh, you can pr- basically consider part five, and we talk about uh, the importance of uh, the Magi story appearing. Um, to toddler Jesus or baby Jesus and their role within uh, the greater Christian spirituality um, and how that um, how we can sort of interpret that for our our own spiritual walk uh, today and in modern times so before we get into that thank you to Diego at Recording Moving Studios thank you to Jacob at Monk Drums that's what you hear in the background Uh, If you're interested in learning more about Desert Rain as a community, theruined.com. Also, check out drcrpod.com. That's where you can hear other episodes of either Dispatches from the Verge or Road to Desert Rain, which we will be bringing back uh, in short order. If you enjoy what you're hearing, please tell a friend. Uh, Word of mouth and social media really helps us out. We appreciate you. And let's get into it. Hello, and welcome to Desert Rain Community Radio. Glad tidings. <laughs> Season's <laughs> greetings. <laughs> Hopefully at the end of this podcast, there'll be a, a brand new car with a ribbon on top of yes, it. Yes, <laughs> yes. Christmas guy, is upon us. And some guy kicked out of his house for, <laughs> for buying a car. <laughs> I need to come up with a new, I realized, or I realized it a while ago, but I have the same intro for the intro as I do when we start recording. So it sounds very redundant to hear the same thing within two minutes of itself. Mm. How are you? I'm okay. I'm copacetic. Nice. A little tired. Yep. Yep. I'm Late fine. hours last night. Allergies are upon me. I don't yeah, know how yours are too. doing. Yeah. Uh, so today, I'm uh, not exactly sure when we're going to post this. It'll either between Christmas and New Year's or the first Tuesday after New Year's. Either way. Yeah, that's good. We're extending the our four-part series to become a five-part series. So we covered Advent uh, for three episodes. We uh, Last episode, we talked about um, Christmas oh. and sort of uh, the importance of Jesus's early life, birth, and all that to the Christian story. Uh, and today we want to talk about Epiphany. Epiphany. And that is the three magi visiting Joseph, Mary, and baby Jesus. Is that correct? Yeah, it's outlined in the Gospel of Matthew. Okay, so maybe you can elaborate on that a little bit. Well, to put it into context, it's it's, uh, the third cycle in what you'd call the cycle of light in the Mm. liturgy. So the so, and our whole point here is to develop a spirituality around the, all of this, right? And so, so Advent, you're waiting for the light. Then the Christmas, uh, the very short season, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, you're celebrating the light, and then Epiphany is you're manifesting that light. It's manifesting through you, mm. and so, so it's a cycle of light. Okay. Is, is what it. Anyway, and it coincides with winter, the winter solstice, um, 
that sort of thing. And so in the early church, about the, as early as the second century, I think, they would celebrate the baptism of Jesus. Uh, and that was that's when he encounters John the Baptist at the river. Right, right yeah, okay, okay. yeah. And so then so that was in the eastern part of the, the church. And so then the Western church kind of separated out and decided Christmas was gonna be uh uh, December 25th, which was the birth of the sun in pagan mm. religions. And so they thought it was appropriate to appropriate. Uh, it's three days after the sol- solstice. Yeah. Right? So, so then this idea of epiphany became a separate kind of feast. So it's a feast day. I kind of see it as a season. Okay. Because in the scriptural narrative, there are several events. So these are the manifestations of who Jesus is, mm. uh, the slow revelation of who mm-hmm. he is, revealing himself unveiling himself, manifesting himself. That's what an epiphany is. And so, yeah, so it starts with this group of non-Jewish pagans from the other world, if you will, coming to visit Jesus. And, you know, most people are familiar with the star. uh, That that guides them. Yeah. So if you see a nativity set, they usually conflate uh, the entire narrative. So it's the shepherds, it's the birth, it's the... Magi, just get it over with, <laughs> so we can go on into so we can pack January and February. Start our start our New Year's resolutions. Yeah, no, so that's kind of what, but but it, you can develop a real or manifest, if you will, uh, for all you New Agers out there, a uh, an actual spirituality around this, or it, you know, or your meditation upon it. Mm. Uh, so it would be yeah, the visit of the Magi. It would be the baptism of Christ that you can meditate on uh, the, and the wedding feast of Cana, those three uh, where he turns uh, water into wine. And, and that's scripturally like his first miracle. Right, exactly. Yeah, so right. it's the beginnings, if you will, of okay. Christ's public ministry. And then you can set your meditation on the call of the early disciples uh, and the training of them. Mm. And then his first couple of miracles when he... Uh, went to the synagogue to his hometown and pissed everybody off intentionally. <laughs> was rapping, rapping with the other rabbis. Yeah. <laughs> was run out of town, whereas poor mother had to stay in town. So, yeah. So, if you give yourself to these meditations, like I said, a real, I, I think a vibrant spirituality could could come into your mind and to your heart and, and uh, some good things could happen. And so, um, and I guess this is more of a personal question for you, but meditating on this, uh, specifically the Epiphany, the the Magi showing yeah, sure. up, um, what are the some of the things that have uh, bubbled to the surface for you specifically yeah. within either your belief system or your spirituality? Right. Um, yeah. So I, I'm not interested in whether there was actually a star, and you know the whole right. story yeah, is yeah, ridiculous yeah. to take it literally. <laughs> In that sense, and then you're fighting with, and so so people tend to go to uh, one of two extremes. Uh, they'll say they'll try to do some sort of astronomical baloney and try to prove that this comet or something. Mm. But even that, the story it won't hold up because they literally it literally hovered over the house. Right. <laughs> and so, you know, comets don't do that. and UFO? That kind of thing. Yeah, exactly. So then you can go into ancient aliens and that kind of, <laughs> to that extreme. Or or you dismiss the story because it's not 
it's not it doesn't stand up you know in history yeah and that's not the point of it at all Mm -hmm. the point of it at all is it's an interior uh story it's a mystical story and so you have to enter into it uh and meditate on it in a mystical uh, contemplative kind of way and so for me generally with the magi is uh, the message and it's not some secret uh the the greater point is is that uh this is for the entire world, for every culture. Mm-hmm. It's really the heart of the gospel. So right, right, so right. Yeah, if you really, if you really get into the meat and bones and the the marrow, even of the yeah. gospel, it's that's one of the <laughs> things that keeps coming. Yeah, back. and it's radical in its time. Uh, yeah, I imagine. I think it's yeah. radical now. You know, to to transcend the barriers of of culture, of of political leanings, of class, of um, uh, race, you know, and gender, mm-hmm. uh, sexuality, all these to transcend those and, and form community, uh, around a shared spirituality or not even a shared spirituality, but if in our human humanness, mm-hmm. uh, that's, that's the point. If you, if you look at, if you talk to any or read any basic theology about Paul, the apostle, uh, the core of his letters, the core of his gospel was uh, in Galatians, in Christ there is no male or female. There is no Jew or Gentile. There's no insider or outsider, gay, mm. straight, uh, transgender, or cisgender. There's no, there aren't any divisions of this sort uh, because the love of God uh, transcends all of it. And so that's, so and then you see Jesus doing this in radical ways, crossing his own cultural boundaries uh, healing people he shouldn't heal, touching people he shouldn't touch, talking with people that he shouldn't talk to, uh, going to places like Samaria where he shouldn't go. Mm-hmm. Uh, and so so you see this radical nature, and it's continually going outward and and, outward and, and, outward. and telling the story about making the Samaritan the hero of the story. Yeah, when exactly. they were, you know, I was trying to explain that to someone recently about, you know, back in the day, the Samaritans were seen as a lower class. Right. individual but in, in, the enemy yeah in 2021 you think you when you say good samaritan you know you're putting that person up on a as a above the normal right yeah person. as a moral and, example of some sort yeah. yeah and it's just interesting how you know that comes straight like like we're talking about jesus taking the outcast yeah. and bringing them as the as the the winner the hero not yeah. the winner but the hero of the of of the example he's trying to paint exactly and so so you see uh, an evolution if you will even in the scriptures about who god is and so if you look at the uh, the genesis account the earlier scriptures this this yahweh is the is the is the is the god among many gods and he's only for the jewish tribe mm. he's he's there mascot he's their uh protector for the the quote-unquote chosen people. yeah we're gonna yeah. open this box he's gonna come out you know <laughs> uh but then when you get into the prophets later uh, after the babylonian exile and that kind of stuff the 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 view of god the image of god in the jewish scriptures the jewish people begins to expand mm-hmm. to a universal god my house will be a prayer for all nations you know, in Isaiah. And so, so it, it begins to become uh, not a God among many gods, but the universal being, uh, not even being, 
but being itself. Mm-hmm. And so that's what you see in Epiphany. And so, so in the Gospels, they are trying to fulfill some Jewish scriptures, you know, prophecies that the nation, the kings of the world will come and do homage to the son of, to the, to King David, the son of King David, that kind of thing, the Messiah. Mm-hmm. So they're trying to do that on one level, but on the spiritual level, it's the transcendence of, of culture, of race, and and to take that very seriously and to mm-hmm. see how you can do that, how you can, you personally can cross uh, social and, and cultural and racial bounds. Um, and and well, I think it's authentic. also also radical for for our current day um, situation, right? With with um, you know, you can point at anything, you know that. Closed borders versus open borders, people. Right. Uh, police are, are heroes versus police are the devil. Um, anti-vaxxers versus pro-vaxxers, right. right? Like every, if you go online, it seems as though it's set up to divide us. Exactly. You know, and... And, and it is. I, I think it is, yeah. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Right, right. The algorithm, yeah, right, yeah, yeah. It is, it is set up. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. But that's what's so... Um, profound about this, the Christ story, the gospel story is it's like, it doesn't matter what you look like. Uh, it doesn't matter what your political views are. Yeah. It doesn't matter uh, if you got lots of money or no money. Uh, we're, we're all in this um, spiritual world together. We're yeah. all in this spiritual road together. Um, but you try to go tell anyone that, right? You, if you, no, yeah. if well, they would just roll their eyes at you. Well, the, the Christian's you know, we ourselves, the church itself hasn't gotten this message, mm. hasn't really lived this message. I mean, there are a few who've had huge impacts, you know, Francis of Assisi and these kinds of people, uh, Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, but the church has never really, you know, I was at a funeral uh, a couple of months ago and the Catholic priest said, you know, every, we're all going to rise again. It, only the Catholics though, only the Catholics will be rising again. And, and you know, and it, you just... It's an anti-gospel message in which, the name of Jesus. And which, so that's the church's position usually. Which is funny too, because most mainstream Christian denominations, their numbers are dwindling yeah, instead yeah. of growing. And I'm not just picking on the Catholics. Probably, right, you know, right, right. Yeah, our, our view of faith is the only view. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've talked to people who've said, uh, it's not my opinion, it's in the Bible. Yeah. Oh, okay. So now we can't have an honest discussion. Yeah. And it's, you know, it's time to just walk away, I guess. Well, it, it ripples out beyond Christianity too. Other exactly. religions, certain yeah, people yeah. and other religions take those stands too. Exactly. Yeah. And so so the call to this universal, and that's, and that's what the original early church was called, the universal church. It's, well, you know, the Roman Catholic. Yeah, Catholic, Catholic means but, universal. Right. But But whoever got in charge quickly corrected that and put Roman in front of it. Well, and and <laughs> so, and capitalize the Catholic, yeah, to make it a proper noun yeah, instead exactly. of instead what of it's a original meaning, right? Exactly, and you know, and so so you see it everywhere, and and this yeah, this mentality, uh, like Rich Mullins would would often say at his concerts, he'd say, uh, you know, the Christian life is not a gated community where you can mm, live there right, with right, your right. your beautiful little. Uh, family and your perfect kids, and you don't have to interact with the undesirables, whoever that is in your, you know, in your in your view. These days in America, in an American Christianity, it would be uh, the immigrants, right? And so, 
Um, I mean, yeah, I mean, you, you, yeah, there's probably a laundry list of, of yeah. people that you could go down, but, but yeah, yeah, that the point, the point is made. Um, well, and kind of with this idea around, you know, the Magi not being Jewish. So they're sort of the outsiders. Right. Um, and they, they obviously, uh, travel a long distance. Right. Right. Like it wasn't just like they, they were intentional about what they were looking for exactly. in, the, in the story. Yeah. Um, and it's, so, a, it's a ridiculous story too. If you th- meditate on the picture of it, well, go, go in, yeah, go into, well, go into the ridiculousness of it a little bit too. You know, Cause he's, you know, in Matthew's gospel, I think, I think he's about two years old. So, it, so it takes place after two years or so mm. approximately after the, you know, he's born. <laughs> and so picture this throng, you know, and there's not, it doesn't say there's three, so it's probably a, a larger group. Okay. You know, if, if you're going to make it, uh, you know, a little bit more literal, mm-hmm. uh, and they're and they're bowing down, like <laughs> flat this, on the floor in front this of this toddler who's drooling on them, probably hitting them with his Fisher Price toy. Uh, well, probably not even paying attention to him, <laughs> and right? not even giving a shit. Yeah. <laughs> and it, so it's it's a funny imagery uh, how that works, and and uh, you know, and they yeah, and they leave off these symbolic gifts, uh, gold, frankincense, and myrrh, and there's and you can look up. There's all kinds of symbolism mm. for that. Some would, you know, would go, it's the high priestly ministry and the kingly ministry of Jesus. Uh, some go more practical. Yeah, we talked uh, about that, that last week stuff. a little bit because that, that's the version I had heard. Yeah. Yeah. It's just they're precious items. Mm-hmm. Uh, so, pro, you know, if it was a literal story, which it, it doesn't look like it is a literal story. It's not in Mark's gospel, which is the earliest. Mm. And... Uh, and so, so it has a liturgical, uh, meditative importance for uh, the community that produced the Gospel of Matthew, mm. which was a Jewish community. Um, and so that's that's what's going on. Um, and, and so to sort of continue my question off of that, but uh, a couple of things I was looking at before uh, we turned on the mics was. Um, and it's it's in this realm of you know being a symbolic situation, but um, this idea of being a seeker, this idea of of, of yeah, um, yeah. Uh, being intentional, uh, being uh, you know kind of putting one foot in front of the other, if you will, as you're seeking in this situation, Christ. Yeah, yeah. right. But just sort of the the spiritual principle i guess of seeking right and and kind of um and so i guess my question to you is is kind of how do you see that as being part of the larger story of christianity as far as the importance of of i guess being engaged in your yeah um not in your own salvation per se but just in your own search for for this this inner truth right uh, well, tr- traditionally, uh, it would say, like the, the Nicene Creed would say something like, uh, uh, you know, it was for our sake and for our salvation, the human race's salvation, mm. that it came down from heaven, which is problems with that now. Uh, so you just have to look at it poetically. Mm-hmm. He came down from heaven and, and became a, a human being. Mm-hmm. Uh, so to me, the star would be your North Star mm. uh, or a moral compass. And 
and and so I would say, uh, and I've had to often say, I used to say in my younger days, I'd say, uh, don't let ministry and church get in the way of your relationship with God. Mm, okay. But now I would right. say, uh, don't let your beliefs and your Christianity uh, get in the way of becoming Christ-like, mm. because the two are clearly not the same. There are people that believe the scriptures and practice the scriptures in the sense of uh, right beliefs and what you'd call orthodox beliefs, and they're the least Christ-like people you'd ever meet. Uh, why, why is pedophilia rampant, uh, particularly amongst more conservative, uh, I, you know, maybe that's not a right thing to yeah, say. I don't th- I, no, I think but, it's rampant. I think it has more to do with power. That's what I'm saying. I don't yeah, think it has yeah. to do with which, it seems you know what the, I mean? That's what I'm saying. And so the male, the man in, in those circles tends to be, anyway, I, we're going down a rabbit hole. <laughs> so, it, but, you know, we all know that the, the bankruptcy uh, the moral bankruptcy uh, that's there. And it's because... Well, and you can just do a quick Google search and find stories about, you know, whether it's pedophilia, stealing money from the organization, yeah. you know, um, and, you know, any other number of things. Yeah, so quote-unquote right doctrinal beliefs will not necessarily bring you down into right action. Mm-hmm. And so, so the North Star for me would be, what is life affirming? What is love saying? Um, so, so if your religion or your, uh, your interpretation of scriptures, and, and you may say, well, it's the scripture. No, it's your interpretation. Mm-hmm. It's my interpretation. Uh, the only difference for me and you would be, uh, I admit that I'm a cafeteria Christian and you won't admit it. You think you're, you're some pure, you know, mm-hmm. that kind of thing. I'm tired. So I'm kind of cantankerous <laughs> today. I apologize. No. <laughs> <laughs> um, can you tell I've had some conversations? Uh, and so, so if your so-called right beliefs of, of who to leave out, who to reject, who to accept, uh, violates what you know intuitively to be the universal uh, love, unconditional love, then go with unconditional love. Mm, go with what right. affirms life. Uh, and, and so that will often lead you, like you see in the Jesus pattern, crossing uh, his cultural boundaries, his religious boundaries, uh, and, and his gender boundaries, all of that. And so uh, that's, that's what the epiphany calls us to, you know. Well, and, I, and I think, too, and I, I know we've talked about it off the microphone. And I, I, I imagine we've talked about it here. So... Um, excuses, but we, you know, we've talked about this idea of sort of the opposite of what you just said, right? Like the right thinking, the right ideas aren't going to get you into the right action. It's actually the opposite. Yeah. We have to start acting. Oh yeah. 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 In, and that will bring you to this idea of, of, um, human beings, uh, the importance of, of this unconditional love for other human beings, just because they're human beings, yeah. not because of what they're able to output, not because of what they're able to do. And, and um, you know, I, I would, there was a time in my life where I would, I would not have agreed with that and not, um, not believe that, you know, but, but now having spent years and years in, in the recovery community where uh, you don't show up to a recovery group, you show up to the a recovery group, uh, 
about as selfish and self-centered as you can be, right? Like you don't right. go down this, this idea of, of alcoholism and addiction and whatever else without being extremely selfish and self-centered. So when you show up there, some of the ideas we talk about, about helping others, mm. um, you know, getting out of self, these sort of things uh, seem so far removed from reality. Like, why would anyone ever do that? Right, right. right? And, um, and fortunately, there's people in the world, it doesn't take them to go down, you know, some kind of addiction for them to learn these valuable lessons, yeah, right? Like some yeah. people just, it comes intuitively to them. Um, uh, yeah, and there are fortunate circumstances too in their lives. Well, maybe not. I mean, there's people, you know, there's people that are poor and and homeless and and that treat people correctly, right? Yeah, like, that's true. That's like true. it 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 doesn't have anything to do with being fortunate or not. It has mm. to do with it goes back to that universal idea that we're talking about, yeah, right? Like, yeah. um, you know, that some of the nicest people I've met in the world are literally from war and torn Africa. Yeah, yeah. Right? Like true. the worst of circumstances that if they were selfish and self-centered, they would, you'd kind of be like, okay, yeah, that's that's the right outlook for them. Right, right. Because they came first from such an unfortunate place. Um, but I really believe this idea of, of right action actually has to come first. Yeah. Before you get into this um, sort of emotional or mental state that we're talking about. Yeah, and for me, it's the presence of Christ to mm. manifest and change me and then to work through me uh, in a way. And, and so there's a, so I have to, I have to kind of in, bring my intentionality towards that. Mm. So in other words, it's not a willful thing as much as it is an open right. thing, you know, just being I open agree to that. that moment. And, um, you know, and, and, and like I said, you see it, you, you know, the, <laughs> In, in the uh, particular the Gospel of John, the Samaritans are the ones with the wrong beliefs mm. uh, and the wrong customs okay. and the wrong race. There's there's a racist. If you read the uh, the uh, um, <laughs> the the biblical book about the the rebuilding the wall with Zerubbabel and Nehemiah, Nehemiah, the book okay, of okay. Nehemiah, uh, there's clear racism going on. He makes them they had intermarried with the Samaritan groups or proto-Samaritans, mm. outsiders of the Jewish race. And he makes, Nehemiah comes along and makes them divorce and splits up their families oh, wow. because they're not racially pure. Uh, you know, it's, it's racism. And that continued yeah, yeah. on. Right. Uh, uh, you know, and, to, and so the Samaritans are the result of this. And, and so they're looked down upon and they're cussed. Everything's looked down upon. And so here's Jesus. Uh, he leads the, his group of disciples intentionally into Samaria. Right, He's right. by himself at the well, uh, sitting there. And, and so you have to ask, where, where did they go? I think it says it. Uh, it says they went off to go get food. Well, why would they go off to get food? Uh, well, they went off because they were looking for pure food, mm. clean food. Everything the Samaritans touched was unclean was, food. Was unkosher. So they were looking for, yeah, good. they were good Jewish boys looking for a good Jewish deli uh, that wouldn't be tainted by the, the evil Samaritans. Uh, that's why they had to go off looking. And he he's resting there. He intentionally talks to her. He's, he's crossing these boundaries, uh, talking to a woman. And so he has this whole conversation. It results in them, uh, you know, if you read into the text, 
It results in them, I think it says they stayed there in Samaria for three days, mm. which means they ended up eating their food, uh, you know, and, and hanging out. Well, I was going to say, and, and obviously, like, yeah, <laughs> hang, you know, being in proximity and sharing yeah. conversations and laughs yeah, exactly. and everything else, right? And, and it's the same thing if you look at the genealogy. This is a dirty secret. Uh, it's a dirty open secret in the Bible. Uh, a Hollywood secret, if you will. <laughs> but if you look at Matthew's genealogy, uh, it's it, it goes out of its way to pretty much say, uh, if I can go back far enough, uh, Rahab who ran a brothel in Jericho. So Jesus is descendant of her, of a, mm. of a madam who ran a whorehouse. Um, uh, the other one was uh, Ruth in, in uh, the book of Ruth, who... You know, she basically sneaks into this man's be- uh, Boaz's bed and uh, seduces him, basically, and they get married. And after the fact, and uh, and it's a love story, and it's and it's cherished and celebrated. Uh-huh. Uh, and he's descended from there, so so you see that whole that whole thing, mm. and, and they're saying the the Messiah is comes from this, and so uh, it's the marginal, it's the marginalized. Which is the beautiful, and for me, it's the beautiful part of it, right? Like exactly, yeah. Jesus was human of humans. Exactly. Yeah. And, that's, and that's why he's worth looking into and not dismissing in the modern era, because he's not just some Hercules. He's not just some mythological figure who's the, who's the ideal, you know, which was most, you know, mythological mm-hmm. heroes. That's, they're the ideal or they're, you know, uh, they're the perfection. They're what you should strive for. This, this isn't that story at all. And so, so it's worth looking at, you know. Um, that's why the Bible persists, the, you know, the, the Jewish story, because it's very unique mm-hmm. amongst the, the mythologies of the world, the stories of the world. It's, it's uh, very authentic in a lot of ways, you know, down well, to earth, if you will. And I know, we've, I know we've covered this on the podcast, but that was, that was the thing that brought me into the Gospels so deeply when I read them was um, it was not, because you know, because if you listen to sort of modern day Christianity, there is this idea of like this superhero type right. thing, right? Like I think I think we've talked about even there's like a meme where Jesus is in a locker room, right? With yeah, a bunch yeah. of superheroes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he's so he's not one among many like that. That's not what the gospels right. say. And <laughs> and then you read the gospels, right? You read all four gospels word yeah. for word, um, and you're like, oh wow, like no, yeah. that's that's not what the gospel. You know, he's not a superhero. Or he's not. You know, it's it's um, but spiritually, it's such a profound, it's such a profound thing. You know? Yeah, exactly. And, um, and we've touched on it, and but it just for some reason, I, I feel really connected to it. But that's the story of the Magi, right? The story of the Seeker um, has been that idea of seeking has always been very important on this spiritual walk for me personally, you know, and, and so to then sort of see that played out in this story of, and, and, and maybe you could, and we didn't really talk about it yet, but maybe you could back up in this story as far as, um, could, the Magi spoke to p- people from Israel or something during, before they found Jesus or Oh yeah, you know yeah, what I mean. Yeah, so maybe yeah. we could back up half a step and and yeah, unpack so it's, that a little it's bit. The, uh, yeah, because I don't I don't know it. <laughs> it's one. Yeah, the, it's part of the Christmas 
okay. liturgy, which is very strange because you won't see this in popular culture. Uh, you won't see the 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 martyrdom of the slaughter of the innocents. Right. Yeah. Which uh, we 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 talked about last week. But <laughs> yeah, but, yeah. but touch touch on it. Yeah. Again you don't for the see sake that depicted in, on people's Christmas trees and that kind of thing. It's a horrific story, right? Uh, you know. And and so yeah. So the Magi leave and they and they have court with King Herod, who is a a, a Jewish Roman collaborator. Mm. Uh, and so you know, in charge of the temple system, and right. so he's kind of the bridge between the Jewish people and the the political bridge, the power bridge between uh, uh, the Jewish people and the Roman the Roman Empire. Empire. So, uh, and so yeah, so they say the king of the Jews was, and so it caught. They tell him, yeah, we came to see the king of the Jews. We we just saw him. He's two years old, <laughs> and. Uh, and so Herod tells him, well, tell me where he's at, you know, and uh, so I can go worship him as well, right? So that's <laughs> that's the story, and, you know, and so you find out he really wants to kill him. So the the encounter was after the Magi had uh, come in contact with Jesus. Right, right. Okay. And so they get a bad vibe about it, <laughs> mm. you know, a bad dream and that kind of thing. And so they they don't tell him, and they just take off, and they— slip off into the night. The, the, the narrative is for, so Matthew's gospel is pairing Jesus with Moses. Right. And, and it's, and it's telling a cycle of, of that story. Whereas Luke's gospel is telling the cycle of Elijah. Mm, okay. And so, so Moses, when he, you know, in, in Exodus, mm. uh, at the beginning when he's, uh, uh, saved out of the river, that's what right. his name means. Uh, the Pharaoh had all the, the children the children killed. killed. Yeah. So they're trying to parallel that it, it's, it's, uh, you know, I hate to break hearts out there, but it's probably not a historical story. It's not the point of the Moses or, or, and the Jesus story as far as the kids being killed. Or right. Right. Yeah. 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 Um, yeah. Don't even get me started with the Jews being in <laughs> Egypt because that's <laughs> problematic as well. Historically. Right. But right, spiritually right. there's another story. Why would they write that story? You know? So, uh, but I, you know, I'm not that kind of scholar, so just read some scholarly works. Well, and you know, <laughs> I, I mean, I think one of the things we've talked about as far as um, this idea of spirituality is, we're, you and I are not here to uh, bring academic. We're not here for academic conversations, right? Yeah, we're here exactly. for for the spiritual side of it, uh, sort of the everyday person. Yeah. How can they encounter? This idea of Christianity, right? Um, through you know, through the lens of of someone that's read a couple books, right? Yeah, and so it's so it's important to me, you know, that story because it it shows the 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 manifestation of God's divine presence in the most violent and horrific situations in the human arena, and that's what you see there. And then he takes the role of a refugee. You know, the family skips off. Right to to Egypt, which again it, it, they're trying to connect him to Moses mm. in a literary way, uh, and that sort of thing. But still, for me, it's it's at the beginning of his life. The Son of God is a is a uh, refugee, mm -hmm. uh, and so how does how should you live your life? What your what should your attitude be towards the refugee, towards the migrant, towards immigrants? So that's that's formed me in in a profound way you know well and i think and this so i i saw a, a comedian he was doing a bit about how 
you know, Jesus, Jesus was such, such a, uh, such a badass that he, he knew he could come as a baby and still accomplish his mission. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and we were making fun of it a minute ago, but he was, he was sort of like making fun of like the superhero complex of it. Right. Like, uh, Superman pretended to be a journalist and then he was, yeah. you know, he, he accomplished these things, but what just popped in my mind now is this uh, the significance of Christ coming in into human form as a as a baby is uh, he had to be cared for yeah yeah exactly. right and, and and sort of that importance of the the human life cycle we know we know when you know well even before they're born you know, right they need to be taken care of right right and so then going into this this idea of of a baby and a toddler and, and early age. Um, yes, it was in God's form, but people were taking care yeah. of this idea of, of God or Christ. Right. And, and so that going back to this idea of, of the bigger picture of like, how do, how do I take care of my brothers and sisters? Yeah, exactly. Right? Um, cause that's how we all started as, as babies, yeah. right. As, as small children. Um, and uh, human nature is still human nature, and on certain levels, we still need to be taken care of. Yeah, um, and you know, it comes back to this idea of community and service. And it never goes away. We're, you know, psychologically, we're responding in our adult life, no matter how old you are, to the events of your first five years, mm-hmm. basically. Right? Isn't that? I mean, yeah, I think there's a, there's research out there that 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 states that you know, I've, I've seen six yeah. years, but you know, same, same, same. And I've done, you know, work uh, work with with groups of uh, older older men where I was actually the youngest, you know, in my fifties and forties, mm-hmm. uh, and there, you know, and now I am an old man. But but they, you know, their cantankerousness, uh, their uh, Archie Bunkerness, uh, to use a little so to date myself there. Uh, and there were moments where I would be in, you know, you know, in these meetings and just asking myself, why the hell am I here? Why do I want to spend my afternoon with right. grouchy old men? And they're turning me into one. And but then my, you know, as I'd be still a little bit, and I would, I would, their faces would shift in my inner vision, if you will, mm-hmm. and I would see them as the two-year-old child. They still dress the same as a two-year-old child, most <laughs> old men. And so. But but this compassion would come out of me, you know. I would feel this compassion. This this seventy five year old man is thinks he has all the simple answers to mm-hmm. the world's ills. Uh, uh, is really just a two year old child, uh, and I don't mean that in a negative, you know, patronizing sense, right? Uh, but in a compassionate sense, um, and so, so that that would so to treat each other that way, not in the sense of patronizing someone. Mm-hmm. But just to, to look on them as you would look on uh, compassionately on a child, you know. Well, and I, and I think that looking in the mirror, too. Yeah, yeah, and for seeing, yourself. And yeah. seeing ourselves as a fragile yeah. uh, two-year-old with yeah. simplistic answers and um, simplistic ideas um, and being okay. Like, yeah, that's just part of life. Like, that's that's part of my journey. It's part of your journey. Um and the more, you know, I think the more that ripples out, um, and I don't, you know, I don't think this is just me, but I think our, a lot of times in the, in the Western world, our harshest critic 
is ourselves. Yeah, yeah. You know, and and so to take that same sort of compassionate look at ourselves, at the people we we think are the the quote unquote wrong ones. Yeah. Um, and just just try to, even if it's for thirty seconds today, right? Just make that a part of your practice. Yeah. Or try to, you know. It'll, it'll manifest itself, so to speak. I mean, I had a dream where I was three years old and I was interacting with my three-year-old self as an adult. Interesting. And he was making mistakes and I was I was uh, very harsh on him. I think I slapped his hands. I think I humiliated mm. the, the child and woke up. Uh, I don't remember the, exactly, but I had a photo of myself from, like a physical photo. Right. And I had to... You know, I was crying and I looked at that photo and I spoke words of mm. healing and compassion to that child. And he merged into who I am and I merged into who he is because we're the right. same, you know. And, yeah. And so there's there's psychological work that needs to be done for all of us in that. So, well, and I know I've shared this story about encountering my teenage self. Right. And embracing that person and telling them it's going to be okay. Yeah, exactly. Because I can remember being whatever, 15, 16 years old and just thinking – Everything is not going to be okay. <laughs> right. Be kind to yourself. Um, so kind of going back to this, this idea of epiphany and, um, you know, we've, we've worked, uh, you, you laid it out at the beginning, but we, we've worked our way through Advent, right. um, the, the waiting for the light, yeah, you know, the, the celebration of light we talked about on last episode. And then um, what was this? The manifestation of the light. Right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. And so with those, so that, you know, kind of not necessarily wrapping up, but bringing this five part series that we've laid out over the, the last few episodes, how does that set a, I guess, two questions. How does that set us up in a spiritual way to move forward? And also how does that set us up for the rest of the, the liturgical year, um, so to speak? So, um, because it, the first Advent episode, you talked about this being the beginning of the liturgical calendar. Yeah. So whichever one you want to wrestle first. Well, uh, I mean, we could bring in the the baptism of Christ, which is the union of God's divinity with our humanity. Mm-hmm. And so you could you could look at, at, at things like that as... as uh, you know, what, what would foster divine union in your life? What small practice could you do? Mm. Uh, you know, and, and usually it's, it's uh, for me anyway, it involves an inward process of being still and, and allowing the presence of God within me, the indwelling Christ to manifest. And, uh, and so to practice that in stillness, and then so that when I interact with people, so then it becomes external, it becomes an outward life, an outward manifestation, or, a, or a, the, the love of, of Christ to manifest through me. Mm, uh, right. So just to, so what, so what can you, what kind of practices, and they're usually very simple, can you do to, uh, to set yourself up to foster that? Um, and so, uh, you know, and that's what baptism is. It's the immersion into the presence of God. Um, and it's the redeeming of, of, of those kinds of things. You know, for example, water in, in, the, in the Jewish story would be a symbol of, uh, partly would be a symbol of destruction and 
divine judgment, right? Because of the the, Noah the flood story, story and yeah. uh, and so you have the the Messiah coming, and as soon as his human toe touches the banks of the water, all water now has become sacred. Mm. And so I could, you know, and and God, you know, in, in our view is infinite, is not necessarily a separate being, but is being itself. Uh, you know, Paul Tills calls the God beyond God. Uh, and so if if everything was manifested in the beginning through from that infinite to uh, infinity and, and infinite love, infinite compassion, which is what Christianity is at its core, right? Right. Uh, then that means uh, water, earth, uh, wind, air, you know, everything that's created is uh, everything. The physical world is now imbued with the the holiness, the sacredness, and the and the love of God. And so, I can take a sip of water, and as I sip that water, I can become aware uh, mentally, but even beyond mentally, so you know, at the soul level, right? That as I sip this water, I am sipping the infinity of of God Herself. Uh, and and uh, because it was created out of that original love, right? Well, and the crazy thing too is it ripples out. It's not just an earth thing, right? Like it ripples out beyond the atmosphere, right, of the universe, right? Because if it if it's happening here, if, right? If we believe that love is happening here, that is God. Yeah, it's happening everywhere. Exactly, in my estimation. And to me, it kind of connects to Saint Francis's that very strange vision. I don't know if we've talked about that. Here. Which one? Uh, at the end of his oh, life. Oh, I don't. Re- yeah, well, uh, yeah. Let's do it again. Yeah. So he goes up at near the end of his life in his forties and goes up to Mount Laverne, uh, not Laverne and Shirley, but L- Mount Laverne. Huh? Now that you told that joke, Did we I have that? we have talked about oh, this. But, but go go. But anyway, he sees yeah a seraphim, which is a flaming uh, angel of fire, you know, shimmering and beautiful with fe- you know with uh, six wings uh, made out of flames. And then between the wings, he sees the figure of a crucified man. Mm. And so you see in the absolute tragedy of the human race, the absolute tragedy of our ecology, the, the, the tragedy of everything that's going on in our times, uh, you, you can still see this shimmering, fiery presence of God's love, but within it, the heart of that suffering at the same time. And you can engage with that. So that's kind of what manifestation means to me. Well, the, the beautiful thing of that is it is a beautiful image, right? And within that sort of built-in beautiful image is the suffering. And as people living in the 21st century, we do everything in our power to run away from some any kind of suffering. Yeah, yeah. You know, and it just, it's, it's, uh, Incredible how that that's where the beauty is found. Yeah. The heart of beauty is is in that moment. Yeah, we live under the three illusions, like David White, the poet, said uh, in his TED Talk, which I would highly recommend. Uh, and he said, the first illusion is I, I can construct an artificial life. Mm-hmm. This is the first illusion that we all give into. I can construct and build a life uh, where I'm immune to vulnerability mm-hmm. of all sorts. And then the second illusion is I can construct a life uh, where my heart won't get broken. Mm. 
And then the third is I can construct a life uh, where I can know the future and I can plan for it. Uh, and those, those are the three great illusions that, not illusions, but illusions, delusions uh, that, we, that we build around our lives. And we use spirituality to do that. Right. And we use religion to do that. Uh, I, I think we but religion goes into that. the heart behind these illusions to engage in those things. And so, yeah, I've probably. Well, I, the, no, I mean the, the using spirituality, we, we talked about the spiritual bypassing. Right. Yeah, exactly. Stuff. And, and um, I'll put in the intro, which, which episode that is. Cause I, I think that is an important thing to look at of like, where, where are you using your spirituality to not engage with the real world? Exactly. Um, or, or the, yeah, or the broken child inside of you mm. and the broken child in others. Cause I've seen people, you know, they, they, they're very much into self care, but they don't give that care. It doesn't extend out from the past their own nose, you know? And so right. they don't, they don't seem to have, uh, they care very much about their own inner little child. They don't give a crap about the, the little child inside of the person right next to them, you know? And so yeah, what good like is that? Right. They're like running over children in the street on yeah. their way to get their their massage. Yeah, exactly. So it's um, just a baptism of selfishness. Well, I mean, that's that's well, and it's funny because that uh, construction of a uh, what, what was the first one? The first illusion. Yeah, where, uh, that I can construct a life uh, where I'm immune to vulnerability. Right, uh, and so that it's funny because now with uh, the popularity and the meta, the metaverse coming and virtual reality. And, yeah. um, it, you can construct an artificial life that you can enter into that completely, well, not completely, but can take you out of this real world. Right. Yeah, so we're, absolutely. we're buying more and more and more into these, yeah. uh, these illusions. Um, so just to, to bring it back to the, the original question, I think we touched on that. Like, how how can we how can this sort of next step us into that spiritual walk? And and um, how how does this this time, the beginning of the liturgical calendar, sort of set us up for the rest of the year, if you will, um, and just that idea in and around? Yeah, I. Use, I, I guess using I can, it as a as a map, I guess. I think it's situational for year, you know, per year and per individual. But I know that we did it as a community, and it was again I was influenced by David White since we just mentioned him. Mm -hmm. So this time last year, as a community in our in our uh, group, uh, shared worship and contemplation. I don't know if you remember, uh, but for manifestation, we were asking the question how. How can I live a life of creativity in response to the huge challenges of our world uh, that matches that the challenge of, of the world around me? Right. How can creativity, how can, how can I live a creative life, a life-affirming life, uh, a full fullness of life that, that spills out to others and serves them, uh, you know, creatively? Um, how can that creativity manifest itself through me uh, that matches the, the the incredible challenges around us? And so, so we started the year asking that, right? And so that that's kind of the questions of 
of Epiphany. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, it's the early discipleship, it's to be baptized. Uh, you know, when Jesus is baptized, John the Baptist tells him, no, you know, you should be baptizing me. And he says, no, we need to do this so that all, uh, all righteousness, all justice can be fulfilled. It's a very strange saying, right? Right. And the, the Hebrew word is cedic, which is, which is equity, mm-hmm. to bring you know, uh, forth equity and justice reconciliation that kind of thing restoration um so then yeah so then it sets you up for lint so usually if you're gonna you know i'm gonna be full of creativity usually it means being emptied out mm-hmm. first and so let everything be emptied and that's what lint is all about you go into the wilderness you go into the desert you go to a place of emptying out um and then it prepares you to enter into you know what's what's called the paschal uh, mystery, the 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 uh, suffering, right. the death, and the and the burial, and the resurrection, and the ascension of Jesus. And what those mean mystically, what those mean spiritually in my life now. And so that's so it, it leads you up to that great, yeah. great moment of that. So, yeah, beautiful. <laughs> you feel good. Yeah, I feel pretty good. Yeah. Sorry about being cantankerous. Don't be. Early. That's who you are. <laughs> That's David Morrison. Cantankerous and and uh and then ten minutes later, uh weaving poetic mystical <laughs> sayings. So um yeah, thank you, brother. Thank you, sir. I know this will be actually this is gonna be posted relatively soon. So Merry Christmas. Yeah. Happy New Year. Um Merry Christmas and Happy New Year to all our listeners. Feliz Natividad. Yes, sir. Uh, Thank you to Monk Drums as well. That's where you hear hear in the background. Uh, Theruin.com is where you can learn more about Desert Rain uh, community. And yeah, on to 2022. Love you all.